You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. everyone and welcome to another episode of On the Turnbuckle here on mypodcasthouse.com. Tony Shebeki with you. Thank you for joining us wherever you are. Another big show coming up. Always uh, an interesting time because I get to introduce my co-hosts at this point at the start of the show. We say g'day to Lyle and Walsh. How are you boys? Yeah, I'm going well, Tony. Yourself, mate? I'm excellent, Lyle. Where's Walshy? Uh, his screen's black. Hang on, I thought there was someone else in the waiting room that I let in. I thought that was him. Hang on one sec. Let me just click right. here. G'day, fellas. Oh, my God. It's Jeff. Jeff, Jeff. from WrestleBrainia. Jeff from WrestleBrainia. How are you, guys? Mate, we're good. How are you? A very good day to you both. I'm really well, thanks. Um, I negotiated with the lawyer in that I threw a bit of paper in the commie window that you guys were going to... Uh, you know, promote me appropriately. So uh, I've come along as your guest host tonight. I don't know where Welch is. Something about, you know, needing more training or something like that. So he's uh, he's got me on tonight. It's funny you mentioned that because the lawyer actually said that to me and I thought he was joking. No. I just laughed, but obviously it's true. Well, welcome along, mate. Thank you. on board. Yeah. Good to have you here, It's amazing how well the three of us get along when Welchie's not around. It's amazing how well anyone gets along when while she's not around. I was about, I was about to say, Jeff's not the first person to say that, Tony. Yeah, you know? true. It's a yeah. um, common denominator. So, yeah. Oh, maybe maybe uh, the training you put us through the other night, Tony, uh, getting ready for WrestleBrainia, maybe he hasn't pulled up well. Because I know I'm a bit sore. Yeah, you're a bit, a bit sore, sore, are you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, very sore. But you, so you worked very well. I was really impressed with how you went hey, You about put me things. through my paces, mate, and uh, I showed my age a little bit. I couldn't yeah. couldn't keep up with uh, Welshie. But he has uh, all that training with gore behind him. So, yeah. I am, gonna... I am a little bit dubious about the way Welshie went about it. I'm not too sure. I've got to go back through the videotapes and see. Okay. But I'm just – I'm not sure he's that fit. Wait, Welshie trains with gore? He's never mentioned it. No, not this week anyway. Uh, I think Welsh, he just messaged me that I had to. So I think he's looking for free sessions or something. I don't, I don't know. Hopefully Gore's a listener. Um, but yeah, oh, all right, Tone. When, um, well, I'll, I'll watch the video and I'll, I'll get back to you. And Yeah, please yeah. do. Yeah, all right. Please do. I think, I think he was putting it out on socials or something, either later today or so. All right. I don't know, at some point. All right, no worries. Uh, anyway, uh, what else is news, boys? Any other news from this week? It's been a pretty quiet week. How's, how's ticket mention... sales going for the show? Yeah, I, I was going to say, I think I should mention that tickets for that first show on March 28, which actually features you guys, by a pure miracle, you seem to have fans because they're selling bloody well. There aren't many left, so if people want to grab them, go to the Comedy Festival website or try booking WrestleBrainia, B-R-A-I-N-I-A. That's how you that spell it, it, Jeff. Well done. That is how you yep. spell it, mate. Yeah. And we've also like got reading P- that too, Tony. I think he was over the next few weeks. We've got it. PCW wrestlers. I announced this week we've actually got Asia versus Lockie Hendricks, and I don't think that's a matchup you'll see many other places. So you know no, that, that should be exciting. Looking forward to that. Very much looking forward to that. Our last week's show with Guido, boys. He was a very interesting man. It's it's an interesting uh, niche inside a niche. The uh, deathmatch wrestling. Um, yeah, it's no secret that I tend to watch the death matches through the through Close my hands because it makes it, yeah, it makes it makes me really nervous um, that I'm going to see something bad. But it's good to have him in Australia. Uh, perfect time with uh, death match down under kicking off. Um, yeah, looking forward to seeing him in a few other rings as well. He's getting around to a couple other promotions in Melbourne, so yeah, 
good guy, Guido. Yeah, very nice guy. I happened to just meet him briefly at the DMDU show a few weeks ago, and really, really friendly. Not what you expect. And, you know, all these, scary, all these scary looking, but nice guy. <laughs> all these deathmatch wrestlers, you expect something else from them, but they're all lovely people. <laughs> uh, speaking of lovely people, there is no more lovelier person in the world of wrestling here in Australia than this man that we're about to speak to now. We speak, of course, of the Godfather. Not the grandfather, as he may have been called on some shows before, <laughs> including this one. Uh, the Godfather of Australia wrestling, Davis Storm. Joins us for a chat. Hello, Davis. Very good day, lads. How are we doing? <laughs> Excellent. Thank you, mate. That's he stole third... it. I he, can't he believe he stole it. my, my uh, next He always does, and we love him stealing it. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm right right in with the banter, guys. Yeah. I know what I'm doing here. <laughs> <laughs> as I tell you what, 2021 uh, over in the West, mate, has been a, a big year so far for you guys. You have come back all guns blazing. Yeah, it really has been a great start to the year. It's, um, you know, I think twenty twenty from from basically everyone's perspective, I suppose. You know, not not just a wrestling perspective, but just from a general societal perspective too, was a a bit of a wash for everyone. Um, so, you know, we were pretty excited to to get back to it this year. But you you sort of um, you feel like you're playing a little bit of uh, one foot in, one foot out. Um, and it's it's been nice to have a little bit of normalcy back. That even when we even when we did first get back, and then we had a uh, we had another small shutdown here in Perth. Um, you know, you kind of don't know how these things are going to go. That you you have cases like in Adelaide where they they had a short lockdown for a week, and then things went back to normal. Um, and then a case like the one in Melbourne, where obviously things got away from everyone for a little bit, uh, and it resulted in a few months passing before uh, you guys could return to normal. So, yeah, it's, it's still a very strange time to to be operating in, not just in wrestling, but in, in our general lives as well. But, uh, yeah, look, it's <laughs> we're, we're slowly getting there. I think the unease is starting to lift, uh, and I think everybody is starting to feel a little more normal. Just on that, if we can just touch off on the COVID thing again, we know what it was like for promotions across the uh, the East Coast, and it was really tough because everyone was just very reactive to what the governments were doing over here. Did you guys have a bit more interaction with government uh, decisions, knowing what was going to happen ahead of time, or were you the same over there in Perth? Were you just very reactive to what the government was putting out? Yeah, so Perth, you know, Perth's a very, a very small, big town, so... Um, when news is about to break, it generally does seem to spread just generally throughout social circles that uh, I had a few friends who were um, in touch with state-level trainers at athletics and, and things of that nature who sort of gave us the hint earlier this year when things were about to close down that that's, that's where we were heading. Uh, but it was still quite strange because <laughs> when, when Mark McGowan, the Premier, did the announcement, there was a there was a big, long 15, 20 minute spiel um, where he was addressing the borders reopening and how things had been good in Victoria and we were looking at reopening the borders. And um, so when he first started talking, I thought, geez, this is, this is a non-event. There's nothing to see here. He's just, uh, he's just giving us his usual update and then uh, we can all get on with our lives. But uh so I actually went away from the computer and I was done with the press conference and it wasn't until uh, maybe about 10 minutes past that my wife, who is a nurse, she uh, she was watching it, obviously, because she needs to stay informed on all things COVID-related. Um, and it wasn't until maybe 10 minutes later she started yelling from her room that I, <laughs> I should probably turn it back on. Um, <laughs> and then... Yeah, got the got the wonderful news. It was it was really strange the way they went about it. Um, but you know, you get you get a little bit, you get the same kind of heads up that I suppose anybody else would. But we're certainly not in any sort of privileged position. So much like the rest of Australia, it really is just reactionary that you, and and I suppose that what that's what leads to the one foot in, one foot out uh, attitude at times is just you don't want to stay. You don't want to stay fully committed to any particular plan 
knowing that, uh, you know, life can just throw you a curveball at any given second. Yeah. Did, did EPWs give any shows out of interest, mate? Or were you able to continue? Um, so we, we were able to continue early in the year with um, restricted attendance. So we were sitting, I think we were sitting at 50% for our first, we did one show and then we did a double header not long after. Um, but our latest shows, our latest series of shows. So we're, we're helping run the uh, Southern Hemisphere Wrestling Alliance now. They just had a very successful return a couple of weeks back. Um, so their show had to be pushed. And in turn, everything down the line from that had to be pushed as well uh, due to the last lockdown. So um, we had a showcase that's now been pushed to this upcoming weekend, which is our, our training school shows which are just for our members and sometimes a, a few extra member members of the general public. Um, and then our own big show collision course, which is the one coming up uh, that had to be pushed by about a month as well. So we're, we're well into April by the time we get to that one. Yeah, that's coming up. Uh, I think it's April 17. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I, I really recommend people get tickets because looking at the card, it's pretty fantastic. Um, you, you're, you're taking on Aaron Hawke, uh, yes. <laughs> and it seems like you're determined to teach him a, letter, a lesson in respect. Yeah, look, Aaron's Aaron for me has been a really underrated name in the Australian wrestling scene for a very long time, and uh, he's someone who I've had some terrific matches with in the past. Um, he's an incredible wrestler, and I just feel like the amount of time that he has been around. And I think as you look around uh, Australia more generally, there, there would be one or two of these guys in just about every major fed in the country who you feel like there should be a little more attention on these guys. There should be a little more focus on these guys. And that just over the years, they've kind of settled into a role where they, they become a bit of a bit player. Aaron Hawke's always been a tag team champion. Um, he's been in plenty of successful tag teams. But he's a phenomenal wrestler in his own right. And I just feel like there's maybe some unmet potential there that, that there's some expectations that I probably had for where he would be in his career by this point um, that maybe haven't been reached yet. And I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of the, uh, of the idea, you know, be, be great or be gone. That, you know, if, if us guys who are, are getting on into having been around for 10, 15, 20 years, I feel like it's imperative for us to push the bar as best we can to set the highest possible standard that we can for the rest of the show. We need to earn our place on the show every single time and not just rely on the fact that we have been around for 10 or 15 years as, as the thing that earns us a spot on the show, but rather to still be competitive, to still be uh, attacking wrestling with the same passion as the guys and girls who are coming through at the moment. And if, if we can't do that, if we can't justify our place on the show, if we can't uh, show a level of greatness, then we should probably get out of wrestling. So that's, that's my challenge to Aaron Hawke for this show is I know how good he can be, but he really needs to step it up and show how great he can be or get the hell out of the way because there's, there's, Plenty of hungry young talent here in Western Australia just begging for an opportunity. Sounds like you're quite willing to lose the Coastal Championship to him, Davis. I just want him to fulfil his potential. Uh, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not <laughs> convinced that that comes with victory uh, or with a loss. But it, it, it comes through showing up and giving more of yourself than you have in the past. And as I said, you know, Aaron, Aaron Hawke's a a tremendous wrestler, but I don't feel like we've really scratched the surface on what he can give, that he potentially hasn't given everything. Maybe he's given everything physically in the ring that he can give. A uh, very gifted wrestler always gives his physical best. I don't feel like we've got 100% emotional commitment from Aaron Hawke yet. And this is, this is the environment that I thrive in. I... I love walking nose to nose with another man or woman uh, and throwing down the gauntlet and asking them to bring their best. And then in turn, having to raise my level to raise my game to meet, to meet those standards. So I'm just looking, I'm looking for a fight. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I think we're all looking for the fight, looking forward to it as well. Nate, he's touched on uh, being around for 10, 15 years. How, how has your training changed over the years? Obviously, a lot of wear and tear and a lot of miles on, on your body. Um, like with weight training and stuff like that and cardio-wise, how's that train? How has that changed over the years for yourself? Sure. So I think weight training has probably been the thing that has changed the most for me. And I would credit my trainer, Brett, from Progress 365. Uh, over the last four years, he's really transformed the way that I attack my weight training. That, you know, in the early days, I was very much one of the young, dumb guys who just said, eat a lot of chicken and rice and uh, lift heavy things and everything should be fine. Um, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of, uh, I don't think the, the knowledge was really there within the industry. Um, and a lot of what we rely on in order to, to grow our knowledge base is sort of based around the environment, the, the people that you hang out with and, you know, the wrestlers that I hung out with, it was, uh, eat a lot and lift heavy things. And, uh, I got to, I've, I've, my weight sort of fluctuated over the years and, uh, then when the kids were born, my interest in pure weight training kind of went away uh, and I went to more functional training, um, a lot of kettlebells and, and that sort of stuff. But in general, just knowledge around, uh, this is a word that's a bit of a catch, a catch word, a, a hot phrase for the moment is wellness. And I think the, the idea of wellness and taking care of yourself I, I regularly tell our trainees that, you know, the the idea of the broken wrestler who has to feel horrible all the time and their body has to be beaten up, that we've kind of seen that be disproven over the years. That, you know, through, you, you listen to the stories of the su successes that uh, Diamond Dallas Page has had with his yoga, that he's been able to reform some guys who had really just resigned themselves to the fact that, they put a lot of miles on their bodies and this is just how they were going to feel for the rest of their lives. So I think just not buying into that, not subscribing to that theory in the first place and not just accepting that being a wrestler means that you have to feel horrible all the time, particularly in Australia where we're not working a WWE schedule. We're not working a US indie schedule when the, when the indies are up and running, we're not, we're not wrestling four or five times a week. So the idea that just because I've been in the industry for almost 20 years that I've run up the sort of miles on my body that uh, someone comparatively might have done overseas. Um, all the, the only thing that really makes that real is my own mindset. And that if I can just take care of my body, if I can train a little smarter and uh, you know, I use, I use an exercise physiologist at the gym that I'm at, very clever guy, well-read, um, he helps me with issues with my knees, issues with my back. And a lot of, a lot of these pains and things that we develop are just, uh, a lack of, a lack of developing small muscle groups in the body that, you know, like anybody, we, we, we tend to find the easiest way that we can to possibly do things, whether that's weight training or just lifting things around the house or, or whatever. We want life to be as easy as it can be. And that just by putting a little bit of focus on some of these things, uh, we sometimes find that a lot of these pains actually go away if uh, we just put a little bit of tender loving care back into the body. So uh, for me, it's it's focusing on the small muscle groups. It's it's training in a smart way instead of just uh, that old wrestler mentality of just keep running my body into the wall and uh, eventually I'll be calloused enough that it won't hurt me anymore. But just trying to be more intelligent about the way we attack things rather than just that, that old meathead mentality. Yeah. Ego weights uh, will always get the best of us, especially when we're young, young men and uh, we're trying to impress our friends. Um, with, the, <laughs> <laughs> with, the, with the gyms being open uh, now for, for us in Australia, um, are your neighbours disappointed that you're not training on your front lawn anymore? I think there were a few neighbours that were getting a good chuckle out of seeing me in the front yard. Um, I am, um, you know, I'm I'm a father of two. I'm happily married. I'm not trying to impress anybody, mate. So I'm I'm out there in the front yard, playing the weights around and throwing the dumbbells about. Uh, there's there's no shame over here. So I um, 
yeah, I'm sure there was there was plenty of entertaining moments for the neighbours. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm sure that they're they're somewhat pleased that I'm I'm back in my cage at the gym now. <laughs> did you uh, did you put on some COVID kilos and uh, and become a little more <laughs> more of a, a dad bod father with two, or was it all uh, all very good <laughs> healthy eating, mate? No, I, I took pretty good care of myself. So I'm, um, you know, I, I feel like it's sort of been through the last four or five years that as as my attitude towards training has improved, my attitude attitude towards eating has improved as well. Um, I run a small side business here in Perth just for some of the guys and girls at wrestling, just cooking uh, macro-specific meals. So if I have to cook for other people, it's kind of imperative on me to make sure that I... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm practicing what I preach. So, uh, you know, when I get in the kitchen to cook for other people, I can cook for myself and lay out my meals for the week, which makes it uh, very convenient. And I think that's, that's probably the toughest part of people trying to stay in shape is just trying to get the diet right. Is, is, and it was always a huge problem for me. I am extremely partial to fried chicken and burgers. So, uh, in in trying to balance that out a little bit, I've got to try and keep the train on the tracks as often as I can. Yeah. Well, you if anyone follows you on Instagram, um, your cheat meals or reward meals at the end of a big training block or post shows, um, yeah, there's some uh, envy envious photos there for sure. I've got I've got some good local cafes and burger joints near me, so I'm I'm very fortunate. Hey, Davis, you're probably a good person to ask this question too and it's one that i've been wanting to ask all year but just haven't had the the right person to to throw it at and with that covid period that we did have and with yourself being a senior member of epw and i'm sure a uh, a listening ear for the younger wrestlers coming through was there at any time through 2020 through that covid period that you were actually worried about some of the wrestlers at epw about their time that they were spending not wrestling and and how their mental health and their wellness was i think that the i think that the mental health of everyone was was affected through that period i i, I don't know that specifically um you know it was any better or worse within the epw group um i found personally that having the group stay together. So even during the period where gyms were locked down and uh, we weren't able to train, we were running online seminars three times a week. Um, we were doing match watch alongs and, and things of that nature, things to try and um, bring the community back together as much as possible. We were very aware of the fact that it would be very easy in this, in this time to be able to let the mind wander and particularly for wrestlers who are very social beings. Um, and, you know, some, sometimes people say that, you know, wrestling, wrestling is an industry of fast friends. And I, I think that that is true in a sense that we're, we're always looking for the next exciting thing. And when the next exciting thing is nowhere on the horizon, um, that can be quite a demoralizing feeling for some mm. people. For me, obviously, my my focus as well as trying to trying to keep things on track at wrestling and with the guys and girls there my focus is very much on my family um and the day job as well and i was fortunate enough that my uh, my day job stayed consistent throughout the whole period so i was considered an essential worker which was good just to get out of the house to to clear the mind and to, to yeah. not be locked down for 24 hours a day but be able to get out um, and then when I would get home, my focus would be either getting onto my workouts or taking the kids out so that they could get out on the bikes for half an hour, an hour. Um, and then coming home and again, kind of just looking for ways to engage um, with the other people in, in the EPW social circle. And, you know, different people dealt with it in different ways. Some people, um, some people kind of removed themselves for the group. And I think they, they, didn't want to be reminded of what they were missing. And then there were other people who I think the community played a really essential part in helping them stay on track. And that there were a lot of guys and girls who were able to stay fairly consistent with their training um, and just staying focused on what they were going to do when we all finally got back together. So um, yeah, it was, 
it's a tricky period and I think it's still it's still a very tricky period um we are I've, I've, I've been seeing a psychologist myself and and one of the main things he he focuses on is how much how uh you know humans thrive in uh we thrive in routine and it is hard to be set in your routine when the circumstances of society, as you understand it, can change in the click of a finger. Um, so it's 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 a very uncertain time for everyone. And I think, although again, as I said, you know, we're we're as close back to what we were as I think we're going to be for quite some time. And who knows if if things will ever change? You you hear the phrase the new normal kind of being tossed around a little bit. Um, but you know, for for us here in Perth, I've been able to. I've been to a few great local gigs um, since things have opened back up. I've been able to get back to wrestling. The kids are back at school. So it's, it's, uh, it's in a fairly normal state, but just, yeah. just that, just that general unease, I think is there still for everyone that we know, uh, you know, it's like, it's like walking into the ball, but you've just got that feeling that someone's going to pull the, the red carpet out from under your feet without any notice. Okay. You mentioned your kids a lot and, you know, obviously following you on Instagram, one sees how much you just adore those, those lovely children. What, what do they think about what you do? I always ask wrestlers with kids about what they think. I mean, uh, we, we spoke to Michael Morleone about two months ago and we saw, you know, the, the evidence is writ large about how much he loves his son and his son running the ropes at, at an EPW event and things like that. What, what do your kids think about it? And do you take them to the shows? Uh, yeah, so we, we do wherever we can take them to the shows. My my wife is very involved in the in the overall running of Explosive Pro Wrestling, has been pretty much since day one when, you know, we, we rocked up and all us idiots that wanted to wrestle uh, didn't realise, oh, we need someone to run the door and we need someone to sell these shirts that we've gone out of our way to get printed. Um, and my wife, despite her lack of interest in professional wrestling, um, has, has always come to our aid. So, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of inevitable that the kids would be drawn into the community and they're, they're very loved by the, by the community. Everybody, uh, treats them like their own. And what, what do they actually think? Um, it's. I, I think my daughter in particular, because she is a little bit younger, um, and unfortunately for me, it seems to have been <laughs> it seems to have been every major match I've almost had in the last eighteen months. I seem to come up unintentionally bleeding from the head. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's it's been quite the introduction to professional wrestling for for my daughter, um, and I can see the a couple of shows where she would she would come backstage afterwards and she had a very concerned look on her face. Mm. Um, my son understands what's going on, but much like much like my mum does, funnily enough, because I've told him, look, mate, I'm generally okay. He's just taken that as cool. Everything's great. So nothing nothing could ever hurt me in the ring. And that's how my <laughs> mum kind of treats it. She's like, oh, yeah, jump around the ring, you have a bit of fun and, and nobody gets hurt. Fantastic. Um, but... It is, um, particularly with my daughter, and I think because of her age, the the last show that we had, Reawakening, I came back from one of the, the matches. I, I wrestled uh, Kaz Jordan on night one, who, by the way, uh, thanks for handing him over to us, guys. That was a, yeah, we got, that was that a was big a win. Handball, mate. We got rid of him real quick. <laughs> <laughs> he was... Uh, yeah, he, he he performed absolutely phenomenally for a first night in a new company. So we're expecting very big things from Kaz in the future. But um but yeah, to come back from that match and come backstage and to not be bleeding from the head and, and look like a horror show, um, it was very nice to see the way that my daughter looked at me when, when I got back there and she was she was very clingy, she was very happy. Um, you know, I think we First and foremost, we want to be good role models for the kids, and sometimes that uh, that means that you have to be the bad guy, or you you have to be the unpopular parent. But um, I think secondary to that, and a very close second to that, 
I think we all want to be heroes to our kids in some ways that we, we want to set an example for them that they can follow. And I hope that irrespective of whether they enjoy wrestling or not, that they see how much wrestling means to me, how much uh, joy it's brought to my life through the effort that I've put in through the reward of getting to perform for fans and just through the community that it's helped build around me that, you know, these, these have been the building blocks and the foundations for me setting up a very good life for myself that, um, you know, work has always been a secondary issue for me compared to wrestling that the, the passion and, and time and effort that I've put into wrestling has always come first and foremost. Um, and I hope that they can, they can see that and they can understand that and that whatever they choose to do in their lives, that they, they do prioritize the things that they love over the things that they have to do uh, in order to sustain a good life financially, that they, they run to the things that, that fill them with passion. Wait until you get the line that says, you're so nice to everyone at wrestling, but you're so mean to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. It's lovely. They're wonderful. Um, they're wonderful words to live by. You're you're almost twenty years in. You're the better part of twenty years in. Do you feel more aches and pains in the morning after a match? Um, yes, yes. But um, I would like to think that I'm also a far smarter worker than I was fifteen years ago. That um, I've, I've walked away from the. I walked away from the sport for about a year, not from company and not from training, um, but just from my own performance on shows. I walked away for a year uh, around the time that my son was born, mostly due to just constant headaches. Um, I'd wrestled a bunch of physical matches where I took a lot of unprotected head strikes um, and I needed some time away from wrestling. And the way, the way that I wrestled, throughout that period showed a complete disregard for my future. And obviously kids help reshape that perspective that um, I, I took some time away because the, the birth of my son definitely gave me a different perspective that I didn't want my kids to be growing up with a dad who wouldn't be able to run around with them and take them to the park or you know, if they choose to one day wrestle or I coach my son's footy team, I want to be there to try and share all these things with them. So, um, look, honestly, <laughs> I would love to, I would love to play into the grizzled old vet. Uh, my body's <laughs> all beaten up and I feel miserable. I've never felt better in my entire life. I oh, feel like I'm, I'm starting to, to get myself into the, the shape that I probably always should have been in. Uh, again, big shout outs to my, my mate Brett from Progress 365, he's whipped me into tip-top shape and um, I feel like I'm still 40 years young, I think is the phrase, and I'm, I'm absolutely rip raring to go still. One of the great things about being in the industry for so long, Davis, is you get to see a lot of good young wrestlers coming through and make their mark on the Australian scene. And I was so wrapt to see your response on Twitter the other day when the uh, news had come out that Matty Wahlberg and Steph Delander uh, are possibly going to be signed by WWE. Just waiting that announcement now. Uh, a couple of the good guys getting a, a go, which is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. It's always it's always so encouraging to see that because I think when when you know myself and and Hartley Jackson and and that generation of guys were breaking in, um, there was nothing on the horizon. We we didn't know what we were aiming for and. There's a, there's a simplicity and beauty to that, that, you know, we, we weren't wrestling for contracts. We were just wrestling because that's what we loved and that's all we knew. And we, we just continue to try and push the boundaries as best we can to, to try and grow our own time in the industry and to try and grow the industry locally. Um, it's, it's so great. And I think this is, this has resulted in a huge uptick in, in training schools all around Australia and, you know, if you don't know already, there there are there is at least one amazing school in every state mm. in this country. Now there is a world class facility in every state in this country. There is no excuse to not get yourself down to one of these places if, if wrestling is something that strikes you and is something that you want to chase. And um, 
I've forgotten where I was. I'm, I do tend to veer off on these tangents and then I have trouble wandering back. <laughs> Steph, Steph Delander and Matty Wahlberg. There we go. Yeah. So, so it, it is incredible when, you know, these, these are girls and guys who have been working so hard and so passionately uh, to, to try and reach these goals. We've now seen the path laid out by by many people I, I don't want to start naming names because once I do I, I inevitably leave one name out and uh, <laughs> that always catches some heat but you know we have guys in Japan who are making a, a living off of wrestling we have guys and girls in the US who are making a living off this and and before uh, COVID and, and speaking out and everything else we had a few guys and girls making a living in the UK as well so um, you know these these people have grown up next to the next generation of guys and girls who see their success and they can point to that and say, if I do the same hard work that they do, there is every potential that I can achieve the things that they've achieved. And that was something that was so foreign to us. You know, we weren't, we weren't chasing WWE contracts in our head. I'm sure we were all chasing WrestleMania. All of us were no doubt, but it, it was just a pipe dream. It wasn't something that was anyone is anyone's reality within our circle. And to now see so many people coming from our country and that our country is getting a huge amount of notoriety. And, you know, there are, there are plenty of guys and girls still in the country who don't have their name signed on a, on a contract with any major promotion in the world, but they are just as good as any of the guys and girls that have managed to get themselves onto those major stages. So it's such an exciting time. And um, I think, you know, I've never, I've never been one to look at anyone else's success and kind of wish it away for my own. I'm, I'm so thrilled for, for Maddie and Steph and for everybody else who is already out there doing their thing and, and under contract. And for those who are still chasing it, such an incredibly exciting time. You, uh, you mentioned, sorry, on, yeah, you mentioned uh, Jag Hartley Jackson there at the start. Um, with him having his fingerprints all over the Australian scene, do you think the wider audience understands how valuable he he is uh, to the Australian scene? Um, no, and I th I think there's a bunch of names that um, that uh, maybe don't get the the recognition that they deserve in, in that sense, and I think. You know, Jag, Jag is definitely one of those names. I, I said it on Twitter recently. You know, my, I, I nabbed the, the moniker, the godfather of Australian wrestling from under Jag's nose as soon as he left the country because to <laughs> me, Jag, Jag is the godfather. Jag is, Jag is the guy who, um, who helped set the tone in terms of in-ring in this country that he... Um, he, he had a very clear sense of what professional wrestling was to him and he, he chased it and he, he also spread that message to anyone that he came in contact with. So as he travelled, I think that, that passion and that drive was picked up on by so many people. Um, but, you know, you could say the same... Uh, Henry Jones, Lobo, you could say the exact same thing about him. He had such a huge impact on the scene in Melbourne. Um, Madison Eagles and Ryan Eagles in New South Wales, you know, these, these guys are absolute pioneers in terms of lifting up the New South Wales wrestling scene and giving it the foundation uh, that now, you know, what an amazing, amazing scene they have in, in the greater New South Wales area, but obviously PWA is just grabbing international attention left, right and centre. Um, yeah, there, there are a lot of names and, you know, even within Perth, I'm sure there are, there are a ton of names that get neglected who came up at the same time I did. And um, I think I often, because I'm still around and because my name has been at the forefront for so long that I often get the credit for what was essentially a really huge team effort here in Perth. And there was, there was a big group of us that started out on day one and many of those guys stuck around for quite a few years, a good, a good 10 years and gave a huge chunk of their lives to, to raise the standard up and it's it's kind of humbling to hear there are some some of the tippy top workers in Australia who say that their first exposure to Australian wrestling and the thing that motivated them to get to a training school was seeing uh, the old EPW 
music clips that we used to put up on, on, I, geez, I don't even know what uh, platform we would have put it on back in the day. I guess the old, the old epwperth.com website. Um, I'm sure YouTube was still in its infancy at that time. Um, but to hear that those videos and, and uh, to see us and the wrestling that we were trying to do at the time could possibly have had an influence on some of the, the best workers to ever come out of this country is, is really humbling. I don't, um, I'm very careful. I, I think I've brought this up before in this program, but I'm very careful never to say the word proud um, because my pride in someone else's success somehow to me infers that I'm taking some credit for what they did. Um, and I certainly don't look at it that way, but just fortunately for them, whatever it was that we did over here uh, happened to light a fire under them that led them on a path. And then it was their hard work, their drive, their passion, their commitment that got them to, to where they are today. Well, mate, it's been great talking to you again. We always love catching up with you. We try to do it at least once a year. Let's try and do it maybe twice this year, maybe later on down the track and see how we go. Hopefully we get to see you over here on the Eastern Seaboard in the next few months. That'll be great. I would, I would very much look forward to that. It's just a, I suppose it's a case of finding an opening and making sure that I'm, I'm not going to get stranded anywhere on this wide brown land away from my, my kids and the day job and my wife for two, three, four weeks at a time. Uh, but I am very much looking forward to, to getting back to travelling and, and uh, getting back to the wonderful fans and wrestlers all around this country. And we're very much looking forward to seeing you live again, mate. Thanks so much for your time, Davis. And uh, good luck to everyone over there at EPW as the year continues on. Good luck at Collision. Absolute pleasure. I hope. Dave, uh, thank you. I hope Davis you Storm joining us here on the Turnbuckle. Guys, time for our super serious news segment. And with that comes the opportunity to introduce our newsreader, Eleni Thomas. Hello, Eleni. Hi, guys. How are you going? All the better for having you on board again. Thank you so much for joining us with another news segment, Jeff. A very good day to you, Eleni. I've been told I've got to say it at least three times in the episode. So <laughs> That's twice. So you've got one more to go. Making sure. One more to go. Uh, Eleni, let's get straight into it because there's a bit of news around and we'll kick it off with some uh, NXT news and a big COVID-19 breakout. Yeah, so um, pretty worrying news for NXT. Uh, there's believed to be a COVID-19 breakout in the brand um, with Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer reporting on Twitter that the outbreak is real and that there have been lots of positive tests for the brand. Now, this news was also reported by Fightful Select after significant changes were made to Wednesday's NXT episode on the USA Network. Uh, some talent have been contacted and told to quarantine, while others have been pulled from the show altogether. It was also said that several people at the meeting were not taking proper COVID-19 precautions, which led to numerous wrestlers being pulled and others being quarantined. Now, despite these rumours, no further comments or confirmation has been made by the brand, but definitely worrisome for NXT. Certainly is worrisome, boys. Uh, there's been COVID positive tests in wrestling in the last few months. We know of that, but this would seem like it's probably the biggest breakout in in an organisation. Yeah. I've heard rumours that they've actually had to almost scrap the entire card that was planned and any of the promotional stuff that was planned because it's just so rife in the organisation at the moment. You know, it's it's crazy. Obviously, being of you know, Florida's not the most COVID safe uh, during this whole time, but surely people can be a bit more, take more care. Uh, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel, the vaccine's going through America and some people have had the second vaccine. I don't know. I just don't understand how these things can still continually happen. It's uh, disappointing. Now they've had to probably rewrite a whole episode. Um, you know, and that, ramifications for the next couple of weeks 
NXT. Yeah, it's disappointing, actually. Yeah, but we'll have a chat a little bit later on also about a couple of uh, Australian signings to NXT, which is uh, great news as well. What else is happening in the world of WWE, Lenny? Yeah, so um, some exciting news sort of in the film world for WWE. Uh, Deadline has reported that writer-producer David Icke is developing a remake of the 1973 film Walking Tall with Charlotte Flair announced to be starring in the film. And so the film was most recently remade with The Rock in the leading role, but the USA Network has chosen to have a female wrestler as the lead, which is quite exciting news, especially for me who loves female wrestlers it's great to see them sort of getting a spotlight in the the movie world in particular uh so this new version will be produced by village roadshow in association with wwe studios mosaic and three rivers uh and there's no word yet on when walking tall begins filming or if flair will need to take time away from wrestling to film but exciting news for sure now, can I also give you a little bit of inside information on this as well from what I've heard through my contacts in the industry? There is a massive chance that this film could be made in Australia. Village Roadshow have got a massive presence uh, in making films in Australia at the moment just due to the COVID safe restrictions that we have and all that sort of stuff. And uh, if this film is to be filmed and started filming in the next two to three months, there is a massive chance that it could be made on the Gold Coast. I think that's terrific. I think it's really good. And one person that definitely opens opportunities for is Andrade because he can move from the catering at WWE to the catering at a film set. It's just great. <laughs> well, they won't let him out of his contract. So, um, no, that, that's, that's good news. I think Charlotte obviously should be a great, strong female lead. Um, well, she's a star anyway, the road ride, isn't she? Yeah, of course. Of course. So, yeah, her on the, got- uh, the movie screen will look great. Sorry, well, uh, sorry, Lyle. She does have really natural charisma, and I think it's I think it's a good move for her. And I think um, not having her on TV all the time will actually help her because she does suffer from a bit of overexposure. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good story and good news for Charlotte Flair. Let's hope that's uh, not too far away. As we move on to AEW news, Ali, this is sort of still WWE news to an extent, though, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely is. Um, But I think it's quite funny to look at it from an AEW perspective, because I'm sure they were having a bit of a giggle about this one. But WWE has released their latest survey, which asks fans how they feel about other wrestling promotions. And um, looking at the survey, AEW really pops up a lot. So the survey asks fans what they like about AEW in particular, as well as what aspects they dislike. Um, And so one question asks specifically, what do you like, if anything, about watching AEW Dynamite. And so as well as this, the survey goes on to include questions about New Japan Pro Wrestling, Ring of Honor, and Impact Wrestling. But I think it sort of just perpetuates that rivalry between AEW and WWE at the moment, which I found interesting. Yeah, it certainly does. And I'll throw that question out to you boys, then we'll kick it off uh, with you, Jeff. What do you like, if anything, about watching AEW Dynamite? I like the long-term stories. I think the, the, the stories don't rush themselves. They take their time. Um, there would uh, last week's episode had a great um, conclusion with the inner circle finally turning, all, all of them turning pretty much babyface and MJ MJF's little faction going up against them, the new horsemen, whatever you want to call them. And I think that offers something really fresh because they told that story over about eight months. They didn't rush that. Same with Taz and Hobbs. Same with Darby Allen and Sting. They took the time in telling their stories. It took a couple of months to come to fruition. And I think that's really good. And I think that's really healthy. Sure, they have some misses, but I, I like a lot of their hits. And what would you have answered, Lyle? It's along the same lines. I, I look back on uh, New Japan maybe two, three years ago when they were at their peak. Um, they had a bit of everything. The casual fan could follow the storylines really easy. And obviously the in-ring product was second to none. But the hardcore fans, every little thing in a match progress the storyline but it you didn't have to be that hardcore fan to enjoy the whole story um so it's got the hardcore fans that are going to watch every little thing they're going to watch BET they're going to watch AEW Dark and it's going to have kernels of story trickled through and that adds to their enjoyment but the casual fan can watch it and AEW has the variety of a wrestling show that's got something for everyone where NXT, it's a great wrestling show, great wrestling show, but 
it's not really a variety show. It's very WW in the NXT box, mm. and you know, Raw is a car crash. Um, yeah, and, so that's and, what I like about AEW. And AEW had the best ring entrance of all time last week, where Maki uh, Maki Ito was singing at the top of the stage. Yeah, <laughs> just kept singing. It was great. <laughs> The funny thing about it is, guys and Lenny, is that I don't think whatever responses WWE get to this server, I don't think it's going to change anything anyway. No. Because WWE doesn't seem to move from where it's at. No, no it's because it's because it's Vince's vision. And being yeah. cynical. It's Vince's vision. So yeah. you know. Yeah. It's, it's the vision of a you know, a late 70s old man. So he's yeah. always going to go back to what he thinks works. It's a three hundred pound monster which is fine, but I think a lot of the wrestling fans have moved away. They want an in-ring product that's that's great continuity in their storyline, not just, hey, where'd that storyline go? It just mm. cut off and moved on, which, you know, depending on what side and of the... And AEW have done that a few times, but overall, yeah. they're hitting a better rate. Um, the only disappointing thing about AEW is the exploiting ring, uh, <laughs> which, you know... Not really, uh, not really an explosion. We should get your thoughts as well, Lily. What would you answer to that question? Um, I really like AEW particularly because I think they have a really solid roster, both with the men and I particularly really like the female talent because I think it's a lot more sort of diverse than we see in WWE in the sense that WWE have diversity within their female roster. It's just like you were saying, Vince has a particular way he likes to run things. And so I think we, we see the usual suspects in WWE like Charlotte Flair. So I think I really like the way AEW brings in different talent in sort of a more uh, Western wrestling world. Obviously, you know, uh, brands like New Japan are fantastic in the way that, you know, the typical model of what a wrestler is, is very different to, like you said, the giant monsters that Vince loves. So I like that AEW is more of a, a celebration of talent. Like if you're a good wrestler, it doesn't matter what you look like, what your name is, where you come from. If you can put on a performance, then they'll have you in, in the main event. Vince is going to be a fan of Godzilla versus Kong, isn't he? he that's just his 100%. sort of movie. Yeah. He's tried to make it about eight times in the ring. I mean, yeah, <laughs> let's finish off with some uh, New Japan news and uh, the possible return of a, a couple of big names, Eleni. Yeah, so this is sort of some New Japan and also Impact Wrestling news, but uh, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows have hinted at a possible return to New Japan Pro Wrestling. And so this comes after Anderson took to Twitter and sent a message to Naoki Sugabayashi in the aftermath of losing the Impact World Tag Team Championships. And so in one of his recent tweets, Anderson stated that, I got a little cocky since we're just killing it in everywhere right now. And it was after this declaration that Anderson then went on to at Sugabayashi saying, San, good friend, please give me a call, need to talk. So I found this quite a interesting tweet, ominous, but we'll see exciting news potentially. I can see Lyle get excited in the background there. Yeah, well, I think, yeah, this is one of the major reasons they asked for their release or didn't re-sign uh, for WWE. They want to go back to Japan. The good brothers are always entertaining in um the Bullet Club. Um, so I think, you know, without the pandemic, they probably would have been over there earlier. You know, I don't want them full time. You know, still do the AEW and the Impact stuff, but a, a tour, one or two tours a year. You know, maybe the tag, the tag league, um, when the world opens up again. Uh, it's good that they can show their face everywhere. I agree. I think tag league and uh, obviously a spots at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, you know, the Good Brothers are a fantastic tag team. Carl Anderson alone is one of the best wrestlers in the world. Like, he's so underrated. And he yeah. didn't get to show anything for his four years at WWE. So I think I think it's it's an exciting thing. And it, it brings a lot of possibilities of, like, uh, the idea of Finn Juice facing them is just great. Yeah. And, you know, Suzuki, this is two members of Suzuki-gun going up against them and things like that. So I'm, I'm really excited about this. I think... Uh, I think this just opens opens the forbidden door for even more opportunities um, to to sort of come on board and, and see some stuff, see some exciting stuff. Beautiful stuff, Eleni. Always great to have you on with our super serious news segment. Look forward to catching up with you next week with some more news. Of course, thanks for having me, guys. I'll have lots of 
awesome serious news next week for you all. Always great to have Eleni Thomas on the show. Boys, we mentioned in the Super Serious News segment of a couple uh, of Australian signings into NXT and Lyle, a couple of big names with Matt and Steph getting uh, what we... Has it been confirmed yet? Not not by the, the performers themselves. And obviously, WWE like to put the photo out of all the new yep. signees, uh, new trainees together. So not officially, but, you know, it's gap, virtually guaranteed that they're signed. Yeah. You know, but Maddie Wahlberg and Steph Delander, two amazing talents in Australia. Um, yeah. Highly deserved. Look forward to, um, you know, them getting over there. You know, Steph is a monster in Australian wrestling and, Matty Wahlberg, he just has whatever it is, he has it in spades. Yes. So, yeah, hopefully they can let him be himself. With the red cup and everything. I don't I don't even think you need to sprinkle anything. Use some your high high quality uh cameras and everything like that. Yep. He is the full package. Just transfer him to WWE TV. I think he can be a star. I wonder how much his uh, TV work in Survivor may have helped get him over the line in this, Jeff. I think there was that. And I think he was also, he's also a cast member of Young Rock. He plays the young Ric Flair, which I think helped him because it got him okay. in front of some of the right people. Uh, we had Matt uh, on at a Brainier show in Sydney and the guy just stole it. I'd like, oh, he's amazing. Yeah. Tosh, Tosh and I were both looking at each other going, we can't, we can't say anything. He's, he's just going off. <laughs> he owned it. He owned it completely. And I think that, that that much talent and young, he's a young guy. You know, you forget that he's quite young. So that much talent, that much ability. He offers so much to the WWE. My only hope is that they capitalise on it, that he doesn't yeah. He doesn't join others in purgatory, as it were. Yeah, being warehoused. But, you know, cool for Indy to get a best friend back. Um, you know, absolutely, and Indy reuniting in Florida, best friends. So, yeah, it's it's really good. And and Steph is amazing. Like yeah, just yeah. just a really really good solid, you know, worker. Offer offers it all. Offers so much and so much ability. And the growth factor and potential of both of them is just huge. You spoke about uh, Vince liking the the Godzilla type of male wrestler. It also seems that there's a, a type of female wrestler that he's leaning towards recently as well, and that is a large, solid, tall female yeah. wrestler as well. He, he's, a lot of the, the recent signings seem to be going down that way. Yeah, well, he's got the, you know, Dakota Kai's got the heater. Is it Rachel Gonzalez, I think, is the heater for uh, Dakota Kai. Um, Rhea Ripley, yeah. you know, she's a specimen built in the gym, um, you know, six foot one as well. So, yeah, it's all varieties, especially in NXT at the minute. You know, you've got the smaller Japanese workers, you know, Dakota is on the smaller side. But there's a bit of variety in NXT trying to make that next jump to WWE TV. Vince has a style for that too. Where do you yeah. guys see them ending up? Where do you guys see Warburg and, and uh, Steph ending up? I feel packaged right, uh, you know, my way of the old old school vignettes, uh, hyping a character. You could knock it out of the park and debut Matty Warburg on Raw, for sure. Jewish, yeah, okay. If you, if you get the right stuff for him, he could debut there, but I know WWE'd like to polish the wrestlers, um, give them the train and wrestle their way. But the, they've also got to work to hard cams and they've got to learn commercial breaks. It's, it's not just independent wrestling, wrestling to one hard cam and the rings everywhere. There, yeah, there's a lot of different factors to be TV ready as well. Yeah. Oh, very good point. Hey, yeah, uh, I can't believe that WrestleMania is just around the corner. It sort of seems like, how did we get to this point? Anyone heard any news about what's happening? Well, I heard there's a tag match potential. I know on Sunday at Fastlane, there's a tag match between Olmos and AJ, who just declared on, on Monday Night Raw, we're a tag team now. 
against the New Day, which really, it, it, this year out of all WrestleManias, and I understand that there are mitigating factors, but usually by now you've got a fair idea of what's going to be happening. Yeah. We've got no idea. No. And it, it's, it, it's a little disappointing, I reckon. Yeah. Well, didn't they put the tickets on sale, then they revoked the tickets on sale earlier in the week because maybe they're going to have more fans than they think and maybe the ticket sales are going to reflect that there's no card. So how do you know? And it's over two nights as well. Um, yeah, it's, it does feel like WrestleMania just happened. Like only a couple of months ago. <laughs> I did. This has been a weird year. It's, it's been, been a very a strange year. year. I mean, I think we're cruising towards uh, probably a three-way of Sheamus versus Lashley versus uh, Drew McIntyre, which will be a great match. I mean, that'll be fantastic. That'll be fantastic. And Edge versus Reigns will, will be terrific as well. Yeah. Um, beyond that, you know, you want to see Daniel Bryan. You probably want to see Rhea Ripley again. I want to see Rhea Ripley again. You know, yeah. there's, there's, there's so many people where you're going, well, what are they going to be doing? Where do they fit in? And it's really disappointing because when I grew was growing up, you knew in November, December, you knew by the end of the Royal Rumble what WrestleMania was going to look like. Uh, well, yeah. the other thing also is, though, that generally WrestleMania, all belts are pretty much up for grabs, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, belts have been changing hands so recently and frequently lately that you don't know who's going to be holding those belts yeah. coming into WrestleMania. Yeah. I don't even know who the US champ is. I mean, you could. There you, know, oh, you go. And you, you guys aren't looking very comfortable with that question. No, no. I know Big. I know Big E has the Intercontinental. Intercontinental. Uh, Intercontinental. Sorry. Um, there you yeah. go. Japan on the brain. It's, um, it, I, I agree completely, Tony. And my my other gripe at the moment with the WWE is is the treatment of the women's tag team which has been a gripe for the last few years they they they're really not they've got incredible talent and they're just not using it to their to their utmost in my opinion yeah, yeah. uh i'll tell you what incredible talent was on display at the thornbury theater last saturday Lyle, at mcw's ballroom brawl it was exciting tony it was exciting uh while she and i both went Obviously, I drove because, well, she likes to drink. Yeah. Um, and we front we sat in the front row for the first time ever, Tony. Um, normally, well, she doesn't wow. like, she likes to stand at likes to stand at the back. Back, yeah. Um, yeah, but I made sure we we're sitting at the front for this uh, this show. And mate, he was he was loud in my. I'm still having ringer ringing in my right ear. He was um, yelling that much for the show. But um, any apprehension that we had, Cracker Jack and Lockie. Oh, that, that was so good, Tony. You missed it. You missed it. And um, well. Cracker Jack end up losing, so you probably wouldn't have been happy. Um, any trepidation that we had of you know their previous show not setting up storylines, and we were unsure. The ballroom brawl, every match was good to great. The storylines that are coming out of it with um, Mitch Waterman winning the the Rumble. Do we have a Brat Pack breakup? You know, is Nick Nick mm. Burry uh, gonna is he going to get um, jealous of um, Mitch moving forward? You know, Slex and Mark Moretti, Tony, um, yep. put on a classic in the ring, which I feel Slex is probably the most consistent wrestler in Australia. He just doesn't have bad matches. And let's um, be honest, Moretti's no scrub either, mate. No, he's, that's he's right. He's pretty it's good. Two high-caliber um, workers. And... I think other than how well the ballroom brawl was um, booked, like everyone had their spot to shine. There were so many little inter interplays. Squats was over again, Tony. Um, the match of the night for mine was uh, Kellyanne and Jess Troy. Oh, great. They beat the absolute shit out of each other. Uh, amazing. I know as we're recording this, MCW has gone up on Vimeo, spend the money, watch it. From start to finish, it was it was blow away. And any doubt that I had with MCW, storyline-wise, yeah, it's out the window. There's so many different stories that have got us hooked for the next show, Tom. Yeah, That's so you can, you can watch it live, uh, Jeff, if you want to, because you and I both haven't seen it. Uh, MCWondemand.com.au, uh, Ballroom Brawn premieres there as of... Uh, last night which was wednesday as we record this 
Yeah. Um, th thanks, Lyle. I I'm really relieved to hear because the first show was highly criticised. Yeah. Um, and I'm really, really relieved to hear that that uh, the guys have have kind of pulled out something something special, and certainly the direction that Lockie is going in seems yeah. absolutely fascinating. And and Lockie is one of my favourite uh, just performers to watch. He's he's yeah. He's got to be that, taken that, seriously. Yeah, that whole segment with Cracker Jack that that was amazing. Yeah, obviously anything Cracker Jack does is is great. But Lockie Hendrick, he is so locked into the Loverboy character. Instant heat as soon as he walks out there. You know, he gets the beat down on the Australian legend. Um, and the ballroom brawl, there's so many twists and turns. Well, Welshie and I were up and down off our seat, thinking we knew which way it was going to go. And then they pulled it away. And then again, another twist at the end. Oh, it was, yeah, well booked. One of the best rumbles I've, I've actually seen booked from start to finish. It was Fantastic. great. Yeah, Welshie said the same thing to me on, uh, on Sunday. He said... You know, mirrored, mirrored that kind of thought. So, well done to MCW for uh, for such a good show. Good on them. Upcoming events. Nothing around Australia on Friday night, wrestling-wise. Saturday, the 20th of March, though. King of Colac, the return of the king up there. And a uh, big card up there heading, making this way to Colac. Yep, huge. And uh, a lot of um, JXT and Big Rig students. From yes, all in the, the uh, they got a, a, a uh, battle royal, rumble too, haven't they? Yeah, battle royal. Yeah. yeah, so that's good. Obviously, that's great for the JXT and the guys' school. You know, get their guys on, on more shows. So yeah, that's cool. Uh, PCW have got ignition in Ferntree Galley on Saturday night. Right City Wrestling have Super Clash Three at the Adelaide Fringe, and NHPW have the Battle of Honor in. And I've got to get this right. Coburn. Coburn. That's the first time you've said it as Coburn. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I'm just trying uh, to impress Jeff. Hang on, Tony. Hang on. Just a sec. I've, I've been here for the entire hour. I've spoken to David Storm. I've spoken to Eleni. Yeah. I've jumped through your hoops. I've played your games as specified in the contract. Now, as also specified in the contract, you guys were supposed to give a decent push to my tickets and you haven't. So I tell you what, I'm going to come back next week as a guest. And you've got to do the right thing because I'll be your guest and then you'll be my guest that Sunday. I'm out of here. The amazing thing is, is we hadn't actually finished the segment. Don't forget next Sunday, the 28th of March, WrestleBrainia will be on. You can see the On The Turnbuckle team come up against some of the greatest minds in wrestling. Jeff, would you like to give us the details of where it's on and where people can get tickets? He's gone. Oh, he's gone. He's gone. He's hung. He's hurt. He's gone off half. We're, we're nothing but professional here, Tony. I knew I wrote the run sheet. I knew it was there, mate. You didn't just wing that because, you know, he hung up on us. So I'm looking forward to it. Do you Not know where it is left. and where we get tickets? I know where to get tickets. Uh, comedyfestival.com. Um, what are you? Follow the links, you know, backslash WrestleMania. It's in a pub in Brunswick stuff. or something, isn't it? it? It's on the run sheet, Tony. Check the no, run sheet, mate. I wrote it there. Why do we don't? <laughs> You just got you just got the show. You haven't got the details. <laughs> There's not many tickets left, Tony. Obviously, we're a draw. You know, we're going to sell this out. Um, you know, I'm going to go recover from the training session you put yeah, Welsh right. and I through the other night, and yeah, I'll catch you next week, bud. Look forward to it, mate. We'll catch you next week as well. Thanks for joining us right here on the Turnbuckle.